Well, welcome. So glad you are joining us on today's podcast. Uh, today, we're going to get a chance to focus in on Pastor Josh's sermon around Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, specifically about what it means to be doing life together, how we can trust God, specifically trusting God, even though suffering is on the horizon, and, uh, and what that looks like for us. This is a great discussion today. This is After the Message. Hello. How was that intro? That was nice, wasn't it? <laughs> That's much different than we're used to. Uh, I was not ready for that. <laughs> I wasn't either. I was waiting. I didn't even know we had started. I'm playing on my phone. I look Wait, up. And... Is this for real? Are we? We're actually recording that. So you have. This is the actual start. <laughs> <laughs> you have professional, which sounds like Mike Hake, and then you have everything Hello. else, and I would be in that category. That sounds so great. really, really difficult question inspired by our pastor's rearrangement of the names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Like he got it wrong every Threw time. Me right? the whole way through. The weirdest thing. I kept uh, thinking I have I Meshach, have learned it Shadrach, wrong, and yeah. I've been saying this wrong my entire life. Didn't he start with Meshach every time? It was weird. He did. Uh, Shack, Shadrach, no Veggie tales. It's probably he's probably way. actually correct in some way I haven't looked at. So I'm sitting. We're talking smack right now. No. Yeah. But no. Nope. Verse sixteen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So we have we have to go after him. Yeah. Got to correct him. It's well, because of Veggie tales. Crack, Shack, and Benny. Right. <laughs> that's well, right. That is actually what that's, my wife said. That's where is he that got he it. was pulling from Veggie tales instead of scripture. <laughs> Seems like that might if be... If that's the pastor you guys want, follow me. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, so speaking of names, what is the meaning of your names? We have Mark Evans, Preston Crow, and the scholar in the room today is Josh Kinsley, and of course, Corey is here. Uh, what does your name mean? You really want to know? I really want to know what it means. Mighty warrior. Come on. Nobody exactly, laughed. Exactly what Nobody we think about. For <laughs> Nobody went for it. Yeah, Mighty warrior. Mine... Yes, thank you. Mark, it's just obvious. You, Mark I mean, the Mighty. So Should we is, call you Mark the Mighty? For mine is Champion. Mighty Mark. <laughs> what is that about? <laughs> All right. What you got, Josh? I feel like, uh, you know, I should know this for sure, but I think it's Jesus Saves. Joshua. Yeshua. That, makes, Yeshua. Yeah, yeah. that would right. make sense. Right. All right. Yeshua. Golly. What you Mine's got? like nowhere, <laughs> nowhere <laughs> in the ballpark. Mine means a priest's estate. That's a corny name. <laughs> I know. I was, <laughs> Wait, what it means? A priest, priests, like estate. possessive estate. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So back on to some good stuff. Here we go. So this past Sunday, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right in the fiery furnace. Um, yeah. Like, what do you did? Did we not talk about something on the Sunday morning sermon that you wish we had been able to go? into more detail about that you guys were hoping we would do or hear about? Sorry, that was a half start. <laughs> and then I, then I got stuck. So y'all go ahead. Let me figure out how to phrase that. Boy, uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm balls. thinking, I, I'm not sure if that, I mean, no, I think we, I think we were in the ballpark of the things that I would have yeah. liked to have talked about. Yeah. The takeaway for me for this whole series has been the clear picture that, God is the hero of every story, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Um, and just a retelling of each of these Old Testament stories through the gospel lens. Yeah. Um, hey, how old were they? That is one thing. Did he did he mention ooh. that in the sermon? I didn't hear it. No, they were he, young young he guys. He didn't mention it. They didn't say it on VeggieTales, so Mark's he didn't. Gonna, Mark's <laughs> going to Google it. Mighty Mark is going to Google it while we. Uh, this is our our, our library about. of tools. You know, just Google. because as as All I right. was thinking about what did we not talk about. Um, 
that to me that does change things a little bit because if you've got people just the way that my mind thinks if you've got people that are like maybe a little older in their faith they've been walking with the lord for a longer time seen him do things along the way that's one thing if you've got a, a group of younger guys that um you know this is a newer thing for them mm. and to be in that type of situation where they've got to draw on that type of courage is is a pretty big deal yeah what you got mark I'm stalling. We're, really, you we're really referencing Google well, here. This I, is our commentary. I mean, <laughs> it's a little risky to do, but um, or no Wikipedia. The, it they does say they were young men, right? And young men in that context typically would have been teenager, if not young mm-hmm. teenager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, kind of what I've always heard. Yeah. I'd always heard like young adult, only because they would have, in my mind, gone or been pulled over to Babylon as like young teenagers or teenagers yeah. in my mind. But yeah. I haven't gone back and done the study recently to look up. So Google or Wikipedia now. It was Bible. Um, BibleGateway.com. Yeah, Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. E-Bible is what it was. Okay. Which if they were teenagers, that that makes the the confidence mm. to say, mm-hmm. no, we're going to yeah. do this even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just escalates it for me. Yeah. It yeah. elevates that because that – I just think yeah. about teenagers in our days, and I know it's way different, yeah. right? But that's mm-hmm. a hard thing to do. Yeah. Hey, I completely skipped over something. Like you had high school retreat, summer retreat, just last week, week before? Yeah, last weekend. So when you said what you just said about seeing a young generation stand boldly, mm. like what? talk about what you saw in your students um, and your leaders that went with you in this next generation of high school students, man. Yeah, this it was, it was a great time. This was the first year coming back from COVID again that we had a full year to plan. Mm high school retreat and you know last year was kind of like i think it was april that we said all right we can do it it. (laughs) so we made it happen in two months um but man it was a fantastic week um talked a lot about uh the theme being upended and how god really upends our lives and he also upends what society tells us in his word and so we talked a lot about that and so there were three things we challenged our students with coming off of the weekend was if you haven't said yes to Jesus, what's holding you back in doing that? Hmm. The second thing was, if you had have said yes to Jesus, then we talked about putting death to the old self, right? Mm-hmm. And we even used this imagery of burying it six feet under. Because we kind of said, a lot of you are still dragging around your carcass hmm. when you need to go dig the hole and bury it. Hmm. And so we challenged them, what's holding you back from taking your next step? What do you need to cut away from your life, cut out of your life, to take the next step in following Jesus? And then the third thing was, what what is currently in your path right now that you can't see what God has for you down the road? That there's something just stuck there, it's immovable, and how, how do you get the bulldozer in or whatever and move it mm-hmm. and take it away? So now you can see what God has for you in this life, and it's not just you being stuck in this moment, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. If it's a uh, just a relationship or a grudge or um, or whatever. And so those were the three things that we challenged our students with on Saturday night, and there were some great, great conversations that came out of that. So, mm-hmm. man, it, awesome. it, it was a good weekend. A lot of people have asked me how it was, and honestly, this, this may be the best one, the best camp experience mm-hmm. that I've been a part of wow. as a 
student pastor. Man, that's awesome. So yes. it was really good. Thank you for asking. Yeah, thank Sweet. you. Thank you for leading those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when you, so if we take that right and and you imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, mm. like having to stand up. I think one of your points there was the idea of having to really uh, stand up against society or be yeah. a light inside mm-hmm. of a, a broken world. That's right. When you imagine. Like, how would you answer students' questions about, hey, when's it okay to disobey authority? Like, how do we know when to stand up mm. rather than acquiesce or just compromise? Like, how how would you answer that question? Mm. When yeah. you, especially when you look at these three guys and how they did it. Yeah, I think the the easy answer that you want to say is, well, if it, it goes against Scripture, mm-hmm. that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, man, there are so much more conversations <laughs> to have with yeah. that because, you know, there's— there's obviously a lot of things, and you, you know, you can see things in Scripture that seem to contradict each other, and so there are a lot of questions that teenagers have when it comes to those things. But I, th- I think that is the basis of the right answer: is if it goes against Scripture, then I think that's the point of the conversation. We go where we have conversations first of mm-hmm. all with other people that we don't just go on it alone, mm-hmm. but good. we have conversations with other people go, am, am, I, am I thinking this right? Yeah, is right. this right? That's really good. Right here. Especially, Not, I mean, I know we're talking about more than just teenagers now, but uh, but especially at that age, you know, to bounce it off of other people and get some wisdom yes. from other people is really good. That's good, good for all of us. Though. Yeah. Because I, you don't want to go off feeling. Right. Right. Or in a teenager sense, off adolescence or hormones. You mm-hmm. know, you want to make sure that... This is exactly a time where I'm not supposed to obey my authorities. Right. And in well, I was just thinking back to back to the story, how easy it would have been for them to just bow down Mm. and say, "Hey, we were told to do this. I'm going to do it for protection, but my heart's not in it. Like outwardly, I'm going to bow down. That's right. But inwardly." I only serve God. He knows that. I'm right with him. So this is just kind of keep us alive, you know, right. that and, sort of thing. And there was That's a group of them. Like, mm-hmm. There was three of them at least. Yeah. So we know that those conversations were probably had mm-hmm. that, hey, we're, we're not going to do this. Didn't we're going to continue to follow and right. worship God. I, I think the the significant piece of what you just said to me when you talk about living in community in such a way where you have deep relationships where people can call you out for your motives. Mm-hmm. Because I think motives is really a, really a central piece of that question that we ask, when is it time or when is it okay? Well, I think you got to check your motive anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, yes, it is looking at Scripture, but you can look at Scripture and twist it. That's right. right? That's to right. fulfill selfish motives. And I think what we see in this is these guys were all about God and, and God's glory and his purposes. So the application of scripture was not just to get out of something. It was for his name to be made known. Yes. Um, and so anytime you deal with, with teenagers, even my own kids, and if, if we start trying to use scripture to defend, I can throw a verse in and my kids will <laughs> snap back at me with, well, you're, you know, and so That's it's, right. mm. it's, um, it's interesting, and so you, you got to go back to your posture as you approach Scripture and the humility of it. Um, it. It does remind me of what we talked about. Yeah, go there last week when we talked about when is it okay to to lie, mm-hmm. um, when is it okay to be dishonest, and um, I, I mentioned on there that I was going to be spending some time with uh, one of our missionary friends, and we did actually talk about it, 
and had a really interesting conversation because in reality, they do train their IMB missionaries not to lie um, because it does put them in a, a hard situation where if they're being um, questioned, often security will know how to question you in such a way that you get trapped. Mm. So they say, don't even play the game. Mm. Just say as little as you can, right? So they train them how to say very little without being dishonest. Mm-hmm. All right, well, he said, that, and we agree, there is a point where when it comes to the protection of the advancement of the gospel or the protection of life, um, there's a common sense there where you do elevate the principle of safety and protection and life over honesty in the sense of if I had someone break into my home, I told my kids to hide, and the the intruder says, where are your kids? Well, I'm definitely going to lie and not tell that guy where my, my kids are for the purpose of protection. And so, um, but my motive there... Um, yes, it is selfish, but yes, it is also, I mean, it's in alignment with the values of, of Scripture. And so the posture there is always, I think, what you got to check. What's your heart behind um, either breaking the law or um, when it's time to be dishonest? As I hear you saying that, the I'm, I'll be preaching on the 17th of July, and I'm summarizing Matthew 17, the Mount of Transfiguration. And then Matthew 18, though, is really about life together. So I've gone back and picked up uh, Bonhoeffer's Life Together and then um, Kurt Thompson's Soul of Desire. And what I'm rediscovering is the importance of the people in my life who know me the best is asking them, imploring them to poke around on my motives of Mm -hmm. things. And in doing so, what seems like a very benign moment or experience, when they pull on that thread, mm-hmm. like it begins to re- reveal, <laughs> like even the simplest things, yes. really unhealthy motives. Mm-hmm. It, it is so hard to identify, oftentimes for me, the level of selfishness that drives me in things that I've just got a pattern of doing my whole life, a habit or a response that I think is fairly benign. But when people press me, I recognize, yeah, there's a lot of selfishness and pride driving a lot of what I do. Mm. It's gross. And so I, I appreciated the the idea that with these guys, and how do you, when you read this passage, how do you get a glimpse into their posture or their, their motives when you look at this? What stood out to you? I, I'm sorry. I'm going to shut up. I, I've got it's an about answer. about Tom. Good grief. <laughs> so Go ahead, Mark. I, I just like the way they responded. And it, it wasn't, it was, if God saves us, good. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, he's still good. Mm-hmm. For them, it was always, always about him from the very beginning. It was about the fame and the glory of God. And he's going to be lifted up in this no matter what. Mm. You see it in their posture, and in, in, at least in Daniel chapter one, right, where he's like talking about the food and not wanting right. to defile, and just man, just test it out. Like, right. You see the same posture there. Yep. Um, it's not a lot of pride. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think even as they say, you know, we don't we don't have to really defend ourselves before you. It's not like an arrogant thing before the king. It's not like they're calling him out and saying, hey, who are you sort of thing. It's It really just is more of a, 
we're confident in who our God is, and uh, we're confident in his ability to rescue us. We think he's going to rescue us, but even if he doesn't, we're still going to worship him. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's one of the easiest things in the world for us to say, mm-hmm. that no matter what he does, we're going to worship him. But, um, you know, we were talking about it even earlier, the fact that probably as this was happening, that they can actually see the furnace it's a huge furnace, right? Um, Josh pointed out, in order to make an idol as big as this was, they had to have a furnace big enough to make it. And so, huge furnace. And for them to be able to stand and see this before them and know that our answer here is probably going to lead us to be thrown into that, and yet we're still going to answer that we'll only worship the Lord, that's a that's a huge difference between sitting on your couch at home kind of theoretically thinking through that question. Yeah. Like, would I do that? Oh, I hope I would. I think I would. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's big. That's hot. It's hot. Yeah. That's right. You brought this up, I think, Kinsley, as we were talking ahead of this recording, and you talk about uh, referencing Romans and First Peter, the idea of suffering that's mm-hmm. on the horizon and still moving forward. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have an example in your life, a story that you're comfortable sharing, where you you made decisions looking ahead at the horizon and there's an ominous dark cloud or suffering that you know is on its way coming towards you. Um, that, mm. but you still, you pressed in obedience. Yes. Go. But I'm pausing. We're watching Josh Kinsley drink water. <laughs> Try not to cough all <laughs> over this microphone. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll do a quickie. Yeah. I mean, just for me, it was, when when the anxiety, which I've shared about, you know, started to spin out of control in college, um, trying to decide, okay, what am I going to do in this moment? Um, am I going to run from him or am I going to press in? Um, because that was the most terrifying trial that I've ever been through. Um but the pain of that definitely drove me toward him in a way that, like we talked about earlier, I mean, how and what Josh was talking about here, how the the beauty of suffering is, is that in those moments, we cling in ways that we don't normally have that dependence and that um, just self, that reliance on him. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, for me, that was... Exactly what I thought of at that moment in the in the mm. sermon. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. I think um, I mean just because we're about to leave to go on a mission trip, it, it's in the forefront of my mind that every time we get ready to go, <coughs> because of the spiritual side of mm. of the nature of what we're doing, um, there's always attack. I mean, it's just it it comes with it, and so it's almost like when you decide we're going to go do this, you are deciding on the front end that we're going to go into that attack. And for me, I, I told even our team here recently, I said, the thing I hate the most about it is I, when the attack's against me personally, that's hard enough. But often it seems like the way the enemy attacks will be through family, um, mm. close friends, things like that. And there's a part of you that almost feels like you're going through this because of my decision to follow the Lord. Mm. And that's, to me, like the hardest of enduring something 
knowing it's going to be hard yeah. for the sake of the call. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Kinsley, I'm thinking about you on this next question. Um, I think the as we ended the the worship service, kind of Josh asked questions about like, do you trust him right now? Are you what are you trusting him with? What are you not? If a student walks up to you and said, "How do I even know if I'm trusting God with my life? How do I even know what that looks like on a daily basis?" Like, how, so how do we know if we're trusting Him enough? Or yeah, have fun with that one. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's that's a real thing. I, um, I know Kylie um, had that exact conversation this weekend with one of our students with one of our very well-known student leaders. And so... Who's Kylie? Sorry, Kylie is our high school associate. There you go. So I do... I'm high school pastor. We both work with high school. Um, your high school pastor and male model, I think, is your <laughs> business card. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we took that off. I don't know if I put that... Yeah. <laughs> they took that off this recent rebrand yeah, business <laughs> card. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a, that's a great question. Um you know, I, I think we just continue to say, what is what does your life look like? Um, what is are you continuing to follow Jesus and following Scripture? Are you continue to do the things that Scripture says and not do the things that Scripture says not to do? Um, that sounds a, very legalistic, but I think we always, especially with students, have to refer back to start there. What does Scripture say? Right. What does that look like? Um, so that's always going to be my answer. What does Scripture say? And so I think we just continue to look at that. And I know, I know, Mark and Preston, you both guys both like to say, you know, we don't want it to be a checklist, mm-hmm. and we don't. But I think there are also times where we've got to start somewhere. That's right. And somebody sure. might need a checklist to start sure. there. No so, um, yeah, I think that would be my answer. Just what does what does Scripture say? What does it look like? What and so are we continuing to live our lives that way? And as you said, you know, we, and this is something we're continuing to push on and we've started doing so the past couple of years is accountability for students, mm-hmm. which is hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of us really love accountability, but for students, that's a hard thing too, yeah. because I mean, I, I think back to a moment in my life where, you know, I thought I, I knew it all. Right. And I remember that, conversations with my parents, mm-hmm. multiple conversations, um, that I wasn't there yet. I wasn't yeah. ready for that responsibility of making those decisions. And so, you know, having accountability and having true accountability with mm-hmm. someone, especially for a student, is of the utmost importance. And two, especially if your parents are believers, continuing to let them into your life. Right. Which again is not easy. But let them be the primary disciple for your life. Right. Which is hard to say to a student. It's easier to say to the parent, remember this is who you are. Um but yeah, I mean I think those things Yeah. It 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 made me excited for you as a student pastor. Um just thinking about this passage and just to encourage you, I'm so thankful for the way that you encourage these students to get in smaller settings, mm. to know and be known, when the easy way 
is to entertain, do the big program to draw the masses. Right. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I think it's incomplete if that's all we do. That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, you've demonstrated a commitment to say these kids got to know each other. They need to be known by each other. There needs to be confession and accountability in these settings. And um, because, like you said, it's not just a checklist, but that's part of it. But also in these groups, it's it's beyond the checklist that's accountable. It's where's my heart Mm -hmm. that you're keeping each other accountable on. And that's the big part, right, is when you want to know where is my faith, how do I know if I'm living – yes, it is what you're doing, but it's also – Where's your affection? Where's your desire? Mm-hmm. What what are you right, what are you desiring to to serve and to give? And you could see in these guys, it wasn't just what they did. It was their whole being was it's not about me. It's about him. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you how do you search your soul and your heart to mm-hmm. see if that's it outside of a group setting? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, for them, it's it's those intimate times with the Lord, and then it's in those group settings where there's conversation and. Um, you allow brothers and sisters to speak into your your life. That's on right. That. So, mm-hmm. thanks for doing that. Yeah, I well, appreciate and it. And I think just to piggyback, like you got to keep that community of people mm-hmm. because there are going to be very sweet times of intimate one on one quiet time personalization right. with mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. no doubt. But the world is so sneaky. That's right. To get into the heads of our teenagers, mm-hmm. that we have these conversations with teenagers all the time. That's right. Oh yeah. Of how do I know if I'm a Christian? How do yeah. I know? Do I mean, when I was eight years old, is that right? Did right. I really mean that? Like, yeah. And so I think it's important just to continue to have to keep the conversation open to what does my heart desire, mm-hmm. and to make sure my heart is continuing to desire those things. That's right. And not. Other things. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. To build on that, I want to give you a word of affirmation also. I remember us coming out of uh, COVID. I remember coming to you, Kinsley, with like ideas of how we could get things up and going again. Because the way in which we engaged COVID was, was really conservative, right? And for students, that really was a bind. Mm-hmm. I remember coming to you either directly or with Sean. I don't remember how it went, but with, hey, let's get this going and maybe even the big, you know, shock and awe, big rally mm-hmm. thing. And I remember you saying, hey, um, you guys, you guys called me here <laughs> because of a, of a vision for students in small groups mm-hmm. and intimate relationships. Are you guys going to let me do that? <laughs> right? And you, uh, you held on to it. And I know it's a tension, and I just want to affirm you. I know that you're trying to create a, a culture where students do life together with their life group leaders over mm-hmm. long tenured relationships mm-hmm. and um we see that in you yeah and want to encourage you in that i appreciate that yeah. absolutely but just imagine man i mean we you're looking at these three guys and the story that was written about them that we're still reading about today and you you get to interact and lead teenagers who are it's a gift lively yeah. and energetic and optimistic and passionate <laughs> you know that it, some of the things of the world you know, they're like, no, we can do this. And it, just what an incredible opportunity you have. And I hope, man, I hope the students in your world, you know, buy into, man, give up your stuff. Live yeah. for him and God can use you in mm-hmm. such an incredible way. Um, 
Well, that's fine. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's the greatest yeah. honor of my life for sure. And you know, I, we have you know, Mark, you talk about the the way we do life groups, mm-hmm. and we for those of you that don't know, we we meet in a big space in the venue every morning and sit around tables and have 10 to 12 kids per table. Sometimes that gets a little bigger or tables combined, just depending on what's going on that day. But that's, that's why we do it is for all those things that we've been talking about. And, um, definitely not the popular Mm -hmm. student ministry thing, but if we're going to grow to disciples, it's the most important student ministry thing Mm -hmm. I think we do. Yeah. That's great. That's good. Um, I have a, one more question. Uh-oh. Um, so the odds currently in our culture in Madison, the odds of us having to be thrown in or threatened to be thrown into a fire if we don't bound down mm-hmm. to something, not a high probability of that happening currently. Mm. Um, what would be examples? How would we know we're being put in situations that necessitate drastic obedience that might be sneaky. So the culture's kind of sneaky. Mm. What are everyday examples where someone is going to be facing to trust or not trust in tangible ways, but maybe not as drastic, but still meaningful ways of obedience um, that others are going to notice and others are going to see that have consequences all around us? It's scary to say that because when we say suffering, like it, you always feel like you have to compare it to the people who really do yeah, suffer, yeah. right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. compared to this, it's mm-hmm. pretty minor. Mm-hmm. But if I think for our students, it's pretty significant, you know, when, when it comes to the temptation of the world and the the pressure of social media, you mm-hmm. know, and, and what they go through and what they have to face. Um, and, and, and again, I hate to say this is suffering, but just as believers in this culture, um, what does it look like to be countercultural, knowing that we're going to face pushback from that? You know, just um, whether it's the, on the job front, being ethical. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. um, saying no to working eighty hours a week because my family comes first. Mm-hmm. Well, what's that going to do to my job? What's that going to do? I mean, those are real convictions. That yeah. If you say my heart is yours, Lord, it's all about you. There's going to be some. Yeah. shift in how we live life. That's a great question. I actually was thinking something similar earlier of, you know, where in our lives today in our area do we face anything remotely close to that type of threat or persecution? And um, and most of us don't in, right. that, in that sense. <laughs> and so sometimes I have to ask myself the question of, okay, when is the last time that I have encountered pushback because of my faith. And if it's been a long, long time, is that a good thing or not? Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. is that God giving me a, a season of peace to just kind of, you know, get back on my feet? Or is that because I'm not really living in such a way that it creates some pushback? Um, so that's one area, that's one question that I ask myself. And, and another one is just, where in my life am I truly having to trust God? Because I, if I'm not careful, I can go, you know, sometimes day after day, and I really didn't have to. Mm. You know, it's not like I woke up praying, oh, Lord, please, please, please give me food to eat today, or mm-hmm. please don't let me have to, you know, not have air conditioning or those types of things. You just kind of get on autopilot. So 
periodically I will ask myself, where, where am I allowing God to stretch me? Because I'm, I'm stepping into things that I know if, if he's not involved in that, it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Um, because it's just easy to get comfortable. Yes. I mean, I think yeah. it's a natural default. Mm-hmm. I think too, for it shouldn't be this way. So there's a the caveat. But for us as pastors, it, it can be hard sometimes to take yourself out of the uh, come to work every day with people that are mm-hmm. Christians that yeah. are right. that right. are thri- you know yeah. thriving to grow in their relationship right. with Jesus. And yeah. so sometimes it's hard for me to take myself out of that because yeah. it is a reality of what mm-hmm. I do every day. Mm-hmm. But um, looking at our people and and hearing conversations of jobs and mm. for students at school outside of that, I mean that that stuff is true. very real. Yeah. And uh-huh. and we may look at those things here in America and go first world problems, right? Right. Because as you said, it's hard to you know for the people that are really suffering for their uh-huh. faith around the world and like actually dying and being persecuted, right? Um. That's why we say that first world probs yeah, line, right. but um, but it is everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt, and it and it sneaks into our lives. Also, I mean, yeah. just the suffering, maybe not so much, you know, physical suffering, but you know, it's it so much. Pressing, I mean, the, the mental part of it now mm-hmm. is, right. you know, it's not just a physical thing that we would think about twenty, thirty years ago. But the mental part of suffering in our faith, yeah. you know, and our own being our own worst enemy sometimes of those thoughts that that get taken captive from us Absolutely. instead of it being our thoughts about Jesus and his word with the thoughts about I'm not good enough. I'm terrible. Mm-hmm. I can't do this as well as that person, mm-hmm. whatever. And so I think we can get in a prison in our mind sometimes of that suffering, too. That's right. Um and, I, and I'm glad there's counselors in the room because that's gonna be hard. That can be a hard place to get out. Yeah, of. A hard place. Nah, you're right. It's, it's a good word, I think. Um, if you if you were to take a poll of folks who show up to church on Sundays, not just Broadmoor, but church, there's a lot of hurting people who mm-hmm. are in bondage, uh, just hurt by guilt or shame or fear or past or even current. You know, and and so to assume that our people are not suffering because they're not living in Pakistan—that's right. You know, I think is, um, I think that's a good point you make. And, um, uh, and as you're talking just now, though, I had this for me, and I'm not sure this is going to hold water. I find I'm more likely to now in this culture, in this context, suffer more likely what you're talking about, Kinsley, in that when I choose to not be obedient, I don't mm-hmm. experience the Father's full blessing. Even with consequences, therefore, that absence of full blessing leaves me in bondage and a mm-hmm. lack of liberty. Mm-hmm. And I find so my headspace is more likely to have those things going on because I don't choose to submit mm-hmm. and obey. Mm-hmm. And it leaves me in a a paralysis rather than a abundant life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Can I tag a, a a picture along with submit? I yeah. think. Sometimes the reason we don't submit is because we don't trust, and we don't trust because we don't see him clearly. Mm. And I think that's why it's so good for Josh every Sunday to go back to, what does this teach us about God and the gospel? Mm-hmm. Because when we see the gospel clearly, we see him clearly, then we trust him, 
which leads to us submitting to him. Well, and as we and trust and submit, we see him more clearly. That's exactly right. It continues to grow deeper and deeper. That's right. Right. That's right. It's the yeah. vine being connected to the mm-hmm. branches. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can do things right and still suffer. Yeah. Right. Um, sure. But sometimes it's my view of God that will keep me in bondage. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, whether anxiety or fear or shame, yeah, if, right. if I've got a uh, inaccurate picture, then then I don't trust him. Mm. And when I don't trust him, um, there's the bondage yeah. and the suffering. And, which going back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I mean that... Did you say their names in order? Did yeah. I say that right? Is he that did. the order we... I don't know. No, that's <laughs> the order I grew up with. I don't know. <laughs> that, was, that was the Bible's version. You said it in the Bible's order? <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> but going back to that, with what you guys just said, I mean, I think that's the part we continue to trust... Even the, in the midst of doubts. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's even right. in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of looking. looking Theirs was toward. a trust no matter what. Yeah, that's I think right. That's, that's it for all of us. It's no matter what. And script, scripture says this. I think the way Josh put it for me, because this was something that I wrote down, it's like that, that, hit, that hit me hard, is that these three men had no idea that God would save them, but they knew that he could save them. Mm-hmm. And so continuing to trust yeah. in that truth. That's, right. yep. That's good, it's man. big. That's good. That's a good way to end. Yep. Hey, uh, before we do that, though, the rest of July on Sunday mornings, we're going to be focusing in on how mm. we cultivate healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Preston, you want to talk about that? Because you're going to be preaching yeah. this next Sunday. Yeah. So we started talking about this months and months and months ago. Um, just because we know that relationships are so crucial, so vital to everything we do, because we're all in relationships, right? And the way that our relationships go um, determines a lot of things. And so this is not a, it's not a marriage series. It's not a family series. It really is a relationship series for all of us to talk about all aspects. And um, unlike, you know, some relationship series kind of dig deep into the uh, the skills, maybe communication and things like that. This one is a little more foundational. So we're going to be looking at everything from um, really kind of even where we come from, like our family of origin, the, the way that our family affects us. Uh, in fact, that's what I'm preaching on this Sunday as we as we look at um, that just that background and how that how that works. But we're also going to be looking at how do we, you know, we use this phrase around here all the time, we want to know and be known, right? And so we're going to talk about what does that really look like for us as we go deeper into cultivating relationships with with others. And ultimately, we're going to kind of land at the end of it in what's God's plan for relationships? Like, not just how does he want us to live relationship with each other, but what is he doing in terms of the kingdom through relationships? How does he take, why did he even kind of bake into the recipe of his kingdom work, this idea of relationships. Mm. And so it's going to be different maybe from what some people think of when they initially think of a relationship series, but I think it's going to be really strong and good for our church as we grow in that area. So mm. I'm, I'm excited about it. It's Thank great. you for uh, helping cool. us get there, man. So yep. thankful for you. Um, forward to it. Hey, love you guys, and I hope you have a great week. Yeah. Love you guys. Don't, have a don't good forget one. to watch VeggieTales. <laughs> Me shake. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, 
please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my broadmoor. Thanks for listening.